0: You know, community colleges were created to be an easy access point to communities, right? You don't have to go to a four-year right away. But we're also having conversations about a workforce trade center on our campus, right, to provide more opportunity, to provide access to high-paying careers, right, that require you to only complete your two-year degree here, and you can start working and have, you know, a good wage and be able to provide for yourself and your family. So, you know, we as an educational institution have a lot of responsibility for the growth of our community, All Communities. But like you said, we're focusing on our Hispanic and Latino community because of Hispanic Heritage Month.
1: Hello, and welcome to Live with Chris, an interview podcast brought to you by Howard Community College, where we can learn and grow together. I am your host, Chris Oviedo, and I want to thank you for joining me today. September 15th through October 15th marks the celebration of Hispanic Heritage Month. It's the time of the year where we, as a country, recognize and celebrate the diversity within the Latino and Hispanic culture and the many contributions that this comunidad brings. Howard Community College is very proud of its dragones And is joining the Fiesta with multiple events on campus, showcasing the good work of our students, staff, and faculty, plus elevating the ongoing opportunities that are available to all members of our Latino, Hispanic, immigrant communities, and everyone really, seeking to further their education. And to talk more about these opportunities, what it means to be Latino or Hispanic here at Howard Community College, I'm very excited to welcome this morning Sandy Kos. Sandy is the Director of Equity and Community Engagement here at HCC, and it's really great to have you here joining me to have this conversation. So welcome, Sandy. Thank you, Chris. Thank you for having me. So for our conversation today, I want to center it around this excerpt from the presidential proclamation on National Hispanic Heritage Month. And I'm gonna read the proclamation first. And the proclamation says, America can be defined in one word, possibilities. The Hispanic community has always embodied that ideal. It lives in the dreams of those who have only just arrived here and in the legacy of families who have been here for centuries. Latinos have helped chart America's course since our start, as doctors and engineers, as artists and entrepreneurs, and leaders in science, business, labor, government, and military, and across grassroots movements. Their faith and drive have pushed our country to grow, prosper, and pursue its highest ideals. It's a lot to unpack in this one statement. Um, so I want to go back to the beginning of this, right, where it says the word possibilities, right? It talks about possibilities and the embodiment of this ideal within our culture. Sandy, how do we see this, reflect this, this idea of possibilities in our students here at Howard Community College?
0: Yeah, so I really um, like the expert of the proclamation that you read. And I think that as a community college, we are about possibilities. You know, we are what is called an open access institution. We work with all students. We meet them where they're at. When we talk specifically about our Hispanic and Latino students, we talk about the possibilities, honestly, for me, for the entire family. As a community college in our middle name, it is the word community. I'm a big believer that here at HCC, we can serve the entire family. You know, we work with Hispanic and Latino students that are just graduating from high school that are coming to HCC. Through our continuing education program, we have our English language courses that work with newly arrived immigrants or people that have been here for a while and want to improve their English to improve their career opportunities. You know, we work with students that want to make a career change. They may be adult learners, right? They had one career and they want another one that, you know, has better earning potential. All those possibilities exist here at HCC for all of our students, but I think, you know, also for our Hispanic and Latino students at HCC. I have had the pleasure of being at HCC for about six years now. And when I first arrived here, you know, I was uh, managing the Ambiciones program, which is our Hispanic Latino Student Success program. And, you know, when I first arrived at HCC, that first fall semester, our student enrollment of Hispanic and Latino students was about 11%. Last fall, in fall 2022, that number rose to 15%. So when I think about possibilities, you know, there's a national conversation going around Latino students in higher education during the pandemic. We lost a lot of those students, unfortunately, because they were severely affected by the COVID-19 pandemic. We're starting to see a little bit of a rebound, and that's really exciting. I think that at HCC, you know, one of our taglines is providing pathways to success. And I think in that inherently is A lot of possibilities for our community, whether that be short term certificates to start working, whether that be completing your two year degree and starting to work, whether that be coming to HCC, completing your degree, you know, saving money and time and then transferring to a four year to complete your bachelor's. You know, we see the possibilities in our student every day.
1: Mm. And, you know, one one thing that you touched about and that I really love is the fact that you expanded this idea of possibilities in higher education for everybody. Because I know that, you know, we usually think of education as the pathway or just this ability to have an education. I know in our culture, right, I'm Latino too. And in our culture, many times we think that higher ed is not a possibility. Farther in it, our education is not available to us. So simply opening that door of the possibility Whether you are in high school, whether you've already graduated high school, whether you're a stay-at-home mom, whether you are somebody who's already working in any field and thinking about, I would love to go and have a different career, a different path. You just said, I mean, there's all of these possibilities for everybody right here at Howard Community College. So to just be that open possibility to all, I think that's already, Mm -hmm. you know, just a very powerful statement that HTC really thrives and really, really is intentional about creating and offering everybody. So thank you. Thank you for, for elevating that. Now, the proclamation also talks about dreams. And, mm-hmm. you know, when, as, and, and there's so many ways. That's, that's the beauty of this proclamation, right? That you can take it in so many different ways. But when I first read it, what came immediately to my mind were our dreamers. Right. And, and dreamers, if somebody who's listening or watching is not familiar with in our community, what I'm talking about specifically and related to immigration is primarily undocumented students and youth who are dreaming of a pathway to citizenship. Sandy, talk to us about, you know, where we're meeting the students, where they dream
0: it's uh, definitely one of our favorite taglines, you know, meeting students where they dream, um, I think also lies, ties into the possibilities that we discussed in the prior question. Uh, we are very lucky in the state of Maryland to be considered what's called a comprehensive access state because of the state legislation that we have providing support and resources for our undocumented students, whether they be DACA or undocumented and so, you know, we get the state of Maryland through state legislation gives statewide access to in state tuition through the Maryland Dream Act. There are some requirements to that, but that is a possibility. And HCC has worked really hard with the school systems to educate people. Right. You mentioned earlier that sometimes folks in our community believe that education is not possible. When I talk to these students, you know, I say it is possible. Your route looks a little different. Right. That is true. I don't want to discredit that, but it is possible. And we can show you how, along with the ability to access in-state tuition as state residents. The state of Maryland also has a state financial aid application for students that are undocumented and would not qualify to apply directly to the FAFSA. Here at HCC, you know, we treat that equally. So when the applications open, our financial aid office has done a great job of saying, you know, we have FAFSA Fridays where you can schedule an appointment and work with a counselor to get support with your FAFSA. But we also have MISFA Mondays, right? Same thing you can schedule an appointment and get help with submitting your MISFA, your state financial aid application. So, you know, we've done some work around that. I am always a true believer that there's always more work to be done. There, to me, is never a finish line, right? How can we continuously improve these processes and services to best support our students here at HCC? We also have an Office of International and Immigrant Student Services, where these offices train, you know, folks that can help students through the process, right? Whether that's applying through Maryland, To the Maryland Dream Act, making sure all their documentation is aligned so they can qualify for the in-state tuition. Some of the work that I've done along with the International and Immigrant Services is to provide training to staff and faculty. And I think you were actually in that last training we did where we talked about, you know, what is an undocumented student experiences? How are we being supportive of these students? And I'm also a true believer that, you know, when we change something for one group, it benefits all groups, right? If we're a little bit more intentional, if we're a little bit more specific, that helps all of our students be successful. So, you know, at HCC, we've done a lot of work. There's still more work to do, you know, but we're very lucky that in the State of Maryland, we have the support from the state legislator to provide these resources to students. And, you know, also have conversations. We talk a lot about our undocumented student population, um, and a large percentage of them are Hispanic and Latino, but there's also diversity within our undocumented student population that I think sometimes we don't talk about. Trying to bring those conversations on campus and expanding how we understand our
1: undocumented students. And the possibility of even having this conversation openly, it's already inviting and it's refreshing because for somebody who is undocumented and is living in the shadows and it's the reality, it's something that you're hiding, that you don't want, right? That, that brings fear and it brings all of this negativity to it, to know that there's an institution where you can come as you are and you can present yourself and be safe and be recognized yeah. and be respected and treated with dignity. I think to me, at least, is, is one step in the right direction. And I love, Sandy, that you're saying we're, we're putting all of this in place and doing what we can based on what's available in legislation and, and, and all of that. But then to take it a step farther and to train our staff and our faculty so that we become sensitive and aware of what that reality is. That's that that special ingredient. That's what sets us apart, in my opinion, because it's not just yeah. about knowing that it's there and, and and having this distant knowledge or Googling, <laughs> right? It's not just reading, it's yeah. not just academic. It's real. It's here. It's some it's you can put a name, you can put a face to it, and you can really connect with a person mm-hmm. in a human level when you're able to have those trainings and you when, ha- when you have that understanding and you know that some of the students that you're sitting with, some of, some of the neighbors right here in, in your community are going through that. And you know what can we do to make sure that they are seen that they are heard, mm-hmm. that they are protected? And I just wanted to add
0: neighbors. one piece to that. You know, it's, it's definitely not a question that we're asking. We are very sensitive to the fact that that is very personal information and students do not share that with everyone and we don't expect them to. Right. But that's why we have these offices like the International and Immigrant Service, Student Services, that is, you know, a little bit more delicate with that conversation, providing the support and information that the student needs, because it is a very, you know, as you mentioned, some people are living in the shadows, not talking about it specifically. It is very important that, you know, students do not need to share it with everyone, but if they share it with the right people, they can get the support and resources that they need.
1: And there's legislation for that. um, Know your rights. You know who has the right. What is it necessary for you to share this information, right? When you're looking at financial opportunities, maybe, maybe then it becomes important Mm -hmm. when you're looking at certain things, it might be important for you to share that. But thank you for really bringing up that point, because it's important to know your rights to protect yourself and to know that this is not something you want to, but at the same time, understand that here at HEC, as a community, as an organization, as an entity, as an educational entity, we understand it and we protect you. You're safe here. We know that that's a reality. We don't need to know who is in that reality, but we have that sensitivity to be able to um, Mm -hmm. help and support those students who may be going through something like that. The proclamation, Sandy, also talks about legacy, and it identifies many industries in which this is reflected here throughout the history of of our country. How do we recognize and how do we honor this legacy within our, our college community?
0: So that's a, a great question. So, you know, thinking about legacy, right, and hearing that, it's kind of the first thought that comes to mind for me right now, especially because we are in Hispanic Heritage Month and we are celebrating some things here on campus, is we have an art exhibit on campus called Residencia, which means our heritage. Um, and it was an opportunity for our Hispanic and Latino students, faculty, staff, and alum, and some community members to submit artwork to be part of an art exhibit. Um, that is up right now at the Rouse Company Foundation Gallery here in the Horowitz Center. And so I think for me, um, I've been at HCC for about six years now, and this is the first time in my time here where the Hispanic Heritage Month celebration is happening across campus. Historically, I used to run the Ambiciones program and we would partner with Student Life to have, you know, one event to recognize this day. And now we're moving towards a model that allows us to partner with folks across campus, right? So that students are reflected and being seen, you know, and I call the Heritage Month a highlight month. It is the one month where we kind of put a spotlight on it, right? And say, these are the things, these are the, com- the communities of education, but it's also important to move that conversation beyond the highlight month, right? That this is not the only time in the year, the semester where we can do programming around our Hispanic and Latino students. I mean, I believe this to be true for all heritage months. So this is the highlight month. And then, you know, it's the springboard to say, okay, And then throughout the rest of the year when our students are here, right, because we have Hispanic and Latino students here every year, not just during Hispanic Heritage Month, right? How are we curtailing our programming to support these students or discussing issues or topics that would be relevant to them? So when I think about our Hispanic and Latino student legacy, our legacy on the campus, you know, I think we're building it Um, and it's very exciting in terms of like i said when i started here it was a small group of us two people helping plan hispanic heritage month that were hispanic and latino and for this month we were able to have a small work group of staff that are hispanic and latino help plan out the month to have more events um, and things like that Um, when i also think about hispanic latino legacy here on this campus i think about the importance of building trust with our communities so when i came to hcc as i mentioned earlier right we've grown in our enrollment because i think we have been able to build trust in the community through the Ambiciones program, but also expanding that trust beyond Ambiciones, right? That the community can have trust in HCC as an organization, as someone who provides opportunity for all students, right? Regardless of status, regardless of age, you know, we we want to support all students. And so I think that that's really exciting legacy on our campus. We also have our Latin American Student Union, which is a student-run club. It's gone through a couple iterations, but they are also a legacy because that's student-run, that's student-led, and they come up with programming ideas or conversations to have on campus that allow to expand people's understanding of our community. And the cool thing about the Latin American Student Union is that it's open to all students. You do not have to be Hispanic or Latino to participate in it, but it allows folks to learn more about us as individuals, as a culture, as a community.
1: You know, and in that legacy, as I hear you and I hear all that growth, and we're going to dive into that in a minute, but it's also the fact that we hear the stories of, you know, we have three sisters who graduated, Latino sisters who graduated in the nursing program. We have students graduating in media and communications. We have students graduating, you know, in all of these different fields. And that's part of that legacy. And, and as you were saying, that growth and the possibilities, which is what we started this conversation yeah. with, where we are redefining our as, as a community, yeah, go ahead.
0: Yeah. And I wanted to add, um, it's actually four sisters, the fourth sister graduated last year. And it's Thank funny you. you say legacy because um, I've been in touch with the oldest sister because her son is a senior in high school and she's like, ah, he's going to HCC. So when can we meet? Like, can we do a tour of campus, stuff like that? So even that legacy within the families that we've served, you know, when I was with Ambiciones, we had some families that the mom and the daughter and the mom and the son were both in the program. We're both going to school, right? Um, in terms of it's never too late. Right. And so and we see that a lot at HCC, like multi-generational families that are either the student came first because they came straight out of high school, but then the parent got to learn about the resources and supports and services that we have at HCC. So now they're coming. Right. And then the cousin is coming. And then I sent my friend because I know that I can trust you. So that I think that legacy, like I said, of trust is definitely growing. And now to be able to be at a point where we're seeing you know, the kids of our graduates say, I'm coming here too, I think is is a great testament to the work that we're doing here at HCC.
1: Absolutely. And the parents coming to learn English and then to just take maybe a photography class. You don't have to come. That's the thing is you don't have to come and pursue a full degree. Like maybe somebody's thinking, oh, I don't know that I want to go back in school and be there for two years, but I'm interested in baking. I'm interested. And there's like a year certificate that you can come and get like your basic class for vegetables I, and I forget the name of it. My daughter is in, in the culinary school, but I know that she took one class for one semester at the end of it, gave her exam and now she has that certification that allows her to go mm-hmm. and work in, in a restaurant, right? And many of our community falls in the restaurant work and for restaurant industry. Um Maybe you're just interested something that you want to do for fun, right? Photography and yeah, you can come and take have a class. Like,
0: Childcare certification, you know, a certified nursing assistant, like there's definitely a lot of entry points. You know, we have our skilled immigrant program that allows folks that, you know, maybe have immigrated to this country and, you know, had their bachelor's degree at their at their home country, but doesn't technically count here, right? But we want to make sure that they have an opportunity for, you know, a higher wage because they have that capacity. And so partnering, you know, with local banks and saying we need more bilingual, bicultural, and not just Spanish, right? Other languages as well. But, you know, HCC has been intentional with saying, you know, what are our community needs and how are we responding to them?
1: Right. And we're focusing mostly in the Latino community because it's Hispanic Heritage Month. And that's that's, you know, the, the topic of this conversation today. But yes, it's all immigrant communities, it's all communities, really. You don't have to be an immigrant, but we are we understand that there's certain needs. And there haven't been spaces created for those communities yet. And HEC is, like Sandy, very well said it, very intentional about making sure that we're creating those spaces for growth. And talking about growth and talking about prosperity, that's the next part of the proclamation that I wanted us to really dive into, you know, and, and I just want to talk about the the, the role that HEC and educational institutions play in providing that equal access to pathways so that that growth and that prosperity can continue to happen for all of our residents?
0: Yeah, um, no, I think that's a great question. So like I mentioned earlier, right, HTC, Hard Community College is an open access institution. We are really responsible for meeting students where they're at. And that could be they may need some support in English or math. That may be that they're ready to start their college level courses. When I think of, you know, the pathways that we create for growth, one of the exciting things that we have going on at HCC is what we call HCC Forward. So it's like the reimagining of different areas across campus to be intentional in serving our student populations. You know, we're having conversations about student parents. Their lived experience on our campus is different because they go to class and maybe they also work, but they're also responsible for caretaking, right? Their children and things like that. Um, You know, we're having these conversations around, you know, what demographics based on what's going on in the county, who's showing up on our campus and who isn't. You know, and so we've had some growth, like I mentioned earlier, in our Hispanic and Latino you know, staff population to allow more entry points on campus for students, right, that they can talk to someone in outreach that's bilingual and bicultural, that we have a financial aid counselor, right, that can explain the FAFSA and the MISFA bilingually and biculturally. So, I think we have a big role and responsibility to play. You know, community colleges were created to be an easy access point to communities, right? You don't have to go to a four year right away. Uh, we're also having conversations about a workforce trade center on our campus, right? To provide more opportunity to provide access to high paying careers, right? That require you to only complete your two year degree here and you can start working and have, you know, a good wage and be able to provide for yourself and your family. So, you know, we as an educational institution, have a lot of responsibility for the growth of our community all communities but like you said we're focusing on our hispanic and latino community because of hispanic heritage month but really saying you know what more can we be doing where can we be and the HEC forward agenda is really about that it's about being intentional um, with the different student populations that exist in our community and being responsive to their needs
1: And the one thing that I do want to elevate, Sandy, because I know it's true for you and for all the people who work at the center of justice is the listening and the co-creating, right? Because I know we're talking and we're emphasizing what we already have and the understanding Mm -hmm. we have, but we wouldn't have that understanding if we were not listening first. I would love for you to really talk a little bit more about that process of, yes, we are bringing and we are creating all of this here but it's really because we are taking our time in listening to what our community and what our students are saying.
0: So I currently work at the Social Justice and Equity Center, uh, which is a new space on campus that officially opened this summer. When Dr. Willis, who is our president at HCC, came to, to the college, right, she said, you know, we had for over 30 years, a diversity, equity, and inclusion committee um, that did a lot of work, a lot of our DEI work, and, you know, it was faculty and staff that volunteered their time and their talent, you know, to provide support for the institution to ensure, right, that we were thinking about diversity, equity, and inclusion, you know, and when Dr. Willis arrived, it was like, you know, this has been great work, but, you know, we also as an institution are responsible for providing these services and resources to our HCC community. Um, and so that's where we started the social justice and equity center and as we're getting started you know we are having conversation you know with our students ultimately we will with our staff and faculty as well around you know you know what can we as an institution be doing more around social justice you know what are things you know what are equity opportunities that exist on our campus that maybe we haven't fully flushed out. And so uh, this is our first semester getting started. And if you've been on campus, you may have seen us tabling at events. A lot of people tell us that we're the post-it note people. Because we're just asking questions from our students, right? We're saying, you know, what is the most important social justice issue for you, right? How do you see yourself engaging with our office? And so something that we want to be very intentional on is listening to what our students have to say, because a lot of times, you know, our students know what they need. It is our job to listen and say, okay, how do we elevate, you know, what you're telling us, right? If we're hearing it from enough people, right, it's something that is going on. And how do we elevate that and how do we support that work? So we're right now in the listening phase. Right, But we do want to co-create and say, based on what we've heard from our students, these are the things we need to be tackling, or these are the discussions we need to be having, or these are the policies or procedures that we need to be looking into based on what we're hearing from our students. Because, like I said, they know what they need. And it goes back to you know, the earlier comment I made about building trust, right? about getting the community to get to know us. And that's, some, that's a charge that we, are, we take very highly.
1: And I wanted to make sure that, that we asked that question because for a long time we've been prescribed and as a society, I think we got into this this model of just prescribing and we forgot to listen. And we're going back to that here at HCC. We're going back to listening, to co-creating. So if there's something that, that you want to talk to Sandy and everybody at the center about, um, Sandy, let's go ahead and give that information out. And then we'll come back and, and let everybody know also of the other ways in which we're celebrating HCC as we are, have about three minutes left here. In our show.
0: Yeah. So we're going to be, you'll see us around campus tabling and stuff like that. If you see a post-it note, it's most likely us. So please stop by, you know, and we're in the process of rolling out some events and programmings that we're going to do on campus, but we're also available via email at sjec at We are located in McEwen Hall 118. Um, and we always, you know, welcome students, staff and faculty that want to come into our space, check it out, talk to us and things like that.
1: So let's finish our show today, just inviting everybody to all of the events, because I know that this year we are celebrating big here at HCC, uh, Hispanic Heritage Month. So tell us all about everything else that's happening. Yes. Thank you for the opportunity.
0: As I mentioned earlier, we have the Nuestra Herencia Art Exhibit. That's um, at the Rouse Company Foundation Gallery, right in HBPA. As soon as you walk in, it's to your left been very encouraged by the artwork, but then also just the commentary folks have been leaving about, you know, being excited to see something like this at HCC. Uh, Later this month, Um, On October 10th, we're going to have, which is going to be our keynote presentation for Hispanic Heritage Month, uh, a Nuestra herencia professional artist panel. So we're going to have Hispanic, Latino, professional artists talk about the art they submitted, their journey as artists, and also talking about the duality, right, of, you know, being in America, but being Hispanic and Latino and how that shows up in their work and in the things that they're doing. And then lastly, which is really exciting, on October 12th is we're going to have an Ambiciones open house called Celebrando Familia. It will be completely in Spanish. It'll be an opportunity for students from eighth to twelfth grade, to learn about, you know, the process of higher ed, what HEC has to offer, um, and really exposing students and parents and families to, like you mentioned earlier, Chris. Right, some people might think that higher education is not possible. We want to dispel that myth and start having those conversations earlier with our families.
1: Sandy, let's just remind everybody how to get in touch with you. So if they have more questions, where where can they reach out? Yeah, so we're at,
0: you know, McEwen Hall 118. It's the Social Justice and Equity Center. I actually had a student stop by yesterday and say, I wanna see where you guys are, what you're doing. You know, I can also share my email. It's scos at howardcc.edu. We're always open to scheduling some time, you know, getting time. And as there's more events on campus, you will definitely see us, like I said, uh, with our sticky, with our post-it notes, having those conversations with students.
1: Thank you so much for coming to our show today, Sandy. I really appreciate all the work that you're doing and the intentionality and the heart that you put into it.
0: Thank you. I appreciate the opportunity and hope to see some of y'all at
1: the events this month. And thank you everybody for listening. Thank you everybody for watching. There's possibilities. There is this exciting adventure that we are embarking together as co-creators of the future of HCC. You have Sandy, you have the Center for um, Social Justice and Equity here at HCC now open. And like, like Sandy said, they're listening. They're listening for what more can we be doing to serve everyone? here in our community. Join us and celebrate Hispanic Heritage Month. Uh, We have many opportunities, as Sandy said, and continue to stay tuned with us, share this information with others, and think about coming to HTC and furthering your education, regardless of where you are in life today. We are here to meet you where you dream. Have a wonderful rest of your day. And until next time, I am Cris Oviedo. Connect with us. We are Dragon Digital Media Podcast.